This morning is the second in a series of sermons entitled, The Interior Life, Maintenance of the Inner Man. We've discussed that for most of us, because of our lifestyles, it's very difficult to maintain our interior lives. And because of this, we're not able to live the lives that God wants us to live, He calls us to live, and we're missing out on the abundant life. Not only this, but if we don't maintain our inner person, one day it will catch up with us because we won't have the inner reserves to draw from because we're not making the inner deposits that we need to. One day when the problems of life come, and they will come, we will be unable to handle them in the strength of the Lord because there's nothing there. Now last week I reminded you that the Bible teaches us that as human beings we are a triune being. We're body, soul, spirit. Our bodies, what you see here, our chemical makeup, our ability to see, to hear, to taste, to touch. And then we're soul. And our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions, our conscience. And then we have a spirit. And our spirit's that place where the Holy Spirit comes and dwells and makes it alive. It's the place where we commune with the Lord. It's the place where we can hear God's voice. We're body, soul, and spirit. Now we've said our inner person is all that relates to our soul and spirit. It's the part of me that is private, not public. No one sees or knows but me and the Lord. It involves what happens between my ears and flows from my heart. The inner person is the real me, my person. And it's vital that I maintain my interior life and take care of the inner person. But most of our attention usually goes to maintaining our bodies. We clean it up, right? We make it pretty, at least the best way we can. For, for some of us, that's a little harder than others. We exercise, we diet, we take our medicines. But what attention goes to maintaining the inner person, my soul and my spirit? For the next few weeks, we're going to call attention to our soul. And then we're going to call attention to the spirit. Now we said the soul is made up of the mind, the will, the emotions, and the conscience. This morning we're going to focus on the mind. As the saying goes, the mind is a terrible thing to waste. And many of us are wasting our minds. Now if you're in school, chances are you're exercising the mind. You have no choice. But when a person gets out of school, it's easy to neglect this vital gift that God has given us. The mind is extremely powerful. It has the power to transform a person's life. It has the power to control your body, your emotions, and your destiny. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so he is. Think about what this is saying. As a man or woman thinketh, so he or she is. If you think you're lousy, so you are. If you think you're a nobody, you will be. If you think you're going to get sick, you will. If you think you're going to be a failure, you will. However, if you think you are God's child and someone of importance and value, you will be. If you think you will succeed, you will. If you think you will be a person of health, you will. If you think you are a somebody, you will be. The mind is a powerful tool, and when merged with belief, the possibilities are limitless. 
God has blessed the human being with this incredible capacity. Yet most people, and I say most people, don't exercise this gift and they miss out. Emerson wrote, Great men are those who see that thoughts rule the world. Milton in Paradise Lost wrote, The mind is its own place and in itself can make a heaven out of hell or a hell of heaven. David Schwartz wrote, A person is a product of his own thoughts. Now I could share quote after quote from people throughout history who speak about the importance of your mind. It's powerful. Your mind is like a thought factory producing thousands and thousands and thousands of thoughts every day. And in your thought factory are at least two supervisors, Mr. Victorious and Mr. Loser. And both respond obediently to the direction they receive. Your mind is powerful, but it needs to be exercised. Like a muscle, it must continually work out. It doesn't matter what your age or stage of life. If you begin exercising your mind, you will be amazed at what can occur. You can grow neurons in your brain all of your life. In fact, new neurons can grow within the mature adult brain. This process is known as neurogenesis. Scientists tell us that regardless of neuron growth or death, brain function and capabilities can be learned and developed all throughout life. But we need to exercise our minds. Now here are a few suggestions for exercising one's mind. I call them the three must. First, you must discipline or train. You must discipline the mind to mind. (laughs) You must discipline the mind to mind. Like exercise, you must work at it. Day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment. You must train your mind to mind. You can do this. God has given you the power to do this. Secondly, you must take charge of what you allow your mind to dwell on. You must take charge of what you allow your mind to dwell on. You have a choice about what you allow yourself to think about. Take charge of this. All kind of thoughts are going to flood your mind. When you drive down the street in your car, when you watch television, when you listen to the radio, when you surf the internet, all kinds of thoughts are going to flood your mind. But take charge over what you dwell on. You can do this. Remember, as a man or a woman thinketh in her heart, so she is. You can do this. You must do this. Garbage in, garbage out. Godly in, godly out. Now let me stop and take on one issue right now which is affecting Christians and non-Christians alike. Internet pornography. Any porn is corruptive and addictive. But internet porn is even more corruptive and addictive because it gives the impression that no one else knows about what you are doing. Which is an absolute lie. Not only does the online company know what you're looking at, But they share your information with others for big bucks. And your computer has a history, which is easy to retrieve. And your computer also has a memory, which someone who knows what they're doing can retrieve. And not only that, God knows. He always is with you, and He's always watching you. Now, in previous years, this was mainly a man issue. 
But now women have been using these sites in such large numbers that companies are beginning to market their sites to women. Men and women, you must take charge of what you allow your mind to dwell on. You can't dwell on that stuff without it affecting you. It affects not only you, it affects your relationships and it affects your relationship with God. Garbage in, garbage out. Godly in, godly out. You must take charge of what you allow your minds to dwell on. By the way, if this is a problem with you, I want to invite you to go to our website, hcanglican.org, our church website, www.hcanglican.org. Click on the library, and there's some information there that can help folks. The devil can be so subtle using what you allow yourself to dwell on. He'll flood your mind with all kinds of sins. And when you take charge of your mind and then you don't think about those sins, then he steals your peace. Listen to what St. Ignatius wrote hundreds of years ago. When the devil cannot bring you to commit sin, he will take a delight in annoying you and filching your peace of mind. Just like him. You must take charge of what you allow your mind to dwell on. A third must. You must learn to think from Christ's perspective. We'll talk more about this in a minute. But as Christians, you and I must learn to think like Christ thinks. And we can. We must learn to think from God's point of view. But we have to be intentional about it. We have to work at it. We have to exercise our mind and practice it until we have it down. One example of this is Philippians 4.8. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. Let your mind dwell on these things. What is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is good, what is lovely. If there's anything of excellence, if there's anything of good repute. Is this what your mind dwells on? What is true? What is honorable? What is right? What is pure? What is lovely? Is that what you're thinking about? What is of good repute? If there's any excellence or if there's anything worthy of praise, is is that what you allow yourself to think about? Or do you focus on the negative? Always think about the worst in every situation. We must learn to think from Christ's perspective. So the three must in exercising the mind. You must discipline the mind to mind. You must take charge of what you allow your mind to dwell on. And third, you must learn to think from Christ's perspective. Now here are some suggestions for exercising the mind. Number one is reading. Reading. When was the last time you read a good book? When was the last time you read a challenging book? When was the last time you read a book from the Bible? Reading exercises the mind. I think it's important to have a time every day set aside for reading. Right now I'm reading a challenging book. It's called Islamic Imperialism, A History. It's written by Ephraim Kosh. Reading does something to you. It stimulates and it relaxes the mind at the same time. Reading keeps your intellect sharp. Reading exercises your mind. A second thing is study. Study. When was the last time you took an issue and studied it to learn something new? Not you students. Now, I know you all are studying all the time. But the rest of us who aren't in school, 
When was the last time you took an issue or did something and learned something new? A political issue or how to do something like plant flowers or work in your car or to use your DVD player (laughs) or a topic in the Bible. As you probably could figure, I'm usually studying the scriptures. That's part of my rule of life and what I'm called to do. But I intentionally study other things as well. Right now I'm studying sugar and how our daily consumption of it affects our body and our mind. Study exercises the mind. A third way to exercise the mind, and probably the most difficult, but it's the most effective, is memorization. Memorization. When was the last time you memorized something? It takes work. It's difficult. I have a regular regiment of memorizing verses from the Bible. Perhaps it's a verse the Lord gives me in my quiet time, or perhaps it has something to do with something I may be going through in my personal life, or maybe it's something I'm going to teach on. But I'm always working on a verse to memorize. Right now I'm working on Psalm 34, 19. See if I can pull it up here. The, the righteous man has many troubles, and the Lord gets him through them all, or something like this. I'm getting close, but I'm working on it. <laughs> It's not only important, though, to to memorize the scriptures, but also the events of the Lord in your life. Can you recall times in which God has answered your prayer? Can you recall the time in which you knew the Lord was directing you or guiding you? Can you recall how you became a Christian? From a spiritual standpoint, it's important to put these things in your memory, always being able to recall them at any moment. Not only will there be times in which you'll want to share the work of the Lord with others, but there'll be times in which you need to hear these things for you. Sometimes you need to hear from you what the Lord has done in your life. For your discouragement, for your momentary doubt, for your confusion, for those times when your faith needs to be strengthened. Again from St. Ignatius, when the devil instills in your mind mean and petty thoughts, turn your memory to the benefits God has shown you in past times. Memorization, it's hard work, but it's so worth it. A fourth way to exercise our minds is meditation. Meditation simply means to dwell on, to reflect on, to ponder. Now I know when most of us hear the word meditation, we picture something we've seen on TV or somewhere, and somebody's going, doing all this stuff, and that's not what meditation really means from a scriptural perspective. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament word, Hagar, in the Old Testament, in Hebrew, the Hebrew language, is a word that has a word picture with it. And it's the picture of a cow chewing its food. Now, I don't know if you know how cows chew their food, but they, they put it in their mouth and they begin chewing and they swallow it and then they bring it back up and chew on it some more. And then they swallow it and they bring it back up and chew on it some more. That's what meditate means. It's the idea of thinking about something, dwelling on it, letting it sit a while. And then you bring it back up and you think about it some more. The New Testament word for meditate is muse, M-U-S-E. It's interesting that in, in the Greek language of the New Testament, the opposite, you put an A in front of it, the ah. Ah, muse. What describes so much of American culture? Amusement. Not to think, not to meditate, not to reflect. 
Now, no one enjoys a good movie like I do. But it's what? Amusement. Not thinking time. I'm sure there's a rare movie that makes you think. But most movies aren't that way. You can, you can watch movies. I'm not getting on movies. But we must build into our lives moments of meditation, patterns of meditation, times to think and reflect, times to ponder and ask, Lord, what are you doing here? I found these times have been very helpful in giving me discernment, wisdom, even hearing God's voice at times when I needed to have direction in my life or in my ministry. Meditation. Well, these are four, not the only four ways to exercise your mind, but it's a good place to start and a good place to begin getting your intellect in shape. Reading, study, memorization, meditation. There are actually sites on the internet where you can go and play mind games to help you exercise different aspects of your mind. But these four are a good place to start. Now, of course, this morning we're talking about the spiritual life. And we must remember that one of the goals God has for our interior life is to have the mind of Christ, to think like He does. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 exhorts us to have the mind which was also in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2.16 assumes that mature Christians have the mind of Christ. I would say that one of our main goals as Christians should be to be mature enough in our faith that we have the mind of Jesus. That is, that we think in such a way that what I do with my body, that is what I say, what I eat, what I look at, what I touch, what I hear, that I think in such a way that it reflects the person and the character of Jesus Christ. Having the mind of Christ. Now that's a tall order. But God has given you the ability to do this and it starts with your mind, with your thinking. He's not only given you the ability to do this, but I believe He expects you to do this. He wants you to think like He thinks. Romans 12, 2, the Apostle Paul wrote, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. How does the Apostle Paul tell us this occurs? By the renewing of our minds. By the renewing of our minds. I'm not saying to you that this is easy. It's not. This is why we need to take charge of our minds. This is why we need to exercise our minds. But you can do this. You can. Oswald Chamber writes of the challenge we all face. He says, I have to cleanse myself from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit until both are in accord with the nature of God. And then he shares some questions that he asked of himself. Is the mind of my spirit in perfect agreement with the life of the Son of God in me, or am I insubordinate in intellect? Am I forming the mind of Christ who never spoke from his right to himself, but maintained an inner watchfulness whereby he continually submitted his spirit to his Father? And he concludes, I have the responsibility of keeping my spirit in agreement with his spirit. If my outer life in this world is to be what it ought to be, 
then I must get my inner life in order. And what I do or not do with my mind is a key to this. Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, the greatest commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your mind. You're not used to hearing it that way, are you? We usually say, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength. But see, mind's there in the middle and we lose it. We're to love the Lord our God with all our mind as well. The mind is a terrible thing to waste. Let's stop wasting ours. Amen. Thank you for listening to a word from the Lord. I would like to take a few moments and and give you the opportunity to become a believing Christian. I know today we have a lot of folks that go to church and are real religious, but if you were to ask them if they really know Jesus Christ, they wouldn't know what you were talking about. And I don't know if you're one of those people this morning, but if you've never become a believing Christian, I'd like to give you a just a simple ABC, not a gimmick, but, but just the way it is. And, and a is for acknowledging that you're a sinner. We live in a culture which says, you know, basically we don't make mistakes, but we do. And when we measure up against God's Ten Commandments, um, all of us have fallen short in some way. We've all messed up, and, and that's called sin, and we need to acknowledge that. The B is, is to believe, to believe in Jesus and what He's done on the cross is God's remedy for our sin, is God's solution for being alienated from Him, to believe that through Jesus I can be made whole, that I can be healed, that I can be forgiven. And the C is for confess. Confess Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. A lot of folks receive Him as their Savior. They want their, what I call, fire insurance. Make sure they don't go to hell. But they aren't willing to allow Him to be their Lord. To be the one who uh, is the master of their life. And and to confess that. uh, To be willing to share that with those you love and those you care about. That Jesus is your Lord. So, it's really that simple. Um, And yet it's that powerful. That it makes such an eternal difference. Acknowledge that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the solution. And confess that Jesus is your Lord. I invite you to stop what you're doing right now and and say a simple prayer. Uh, Confess your sin to Him. Tell Him you believe in Him. And then begin to confess Him as your Savior, Lord. If you've done that, I encourage you to uh, let me know. I'd like to send you some materials to help you grow in your Christian faith. It's it's like becoming a a baby all over again, and there's some things you need to know, some, some things you need to learn in order to walk with God. That was Dr. Beach with today's message. For more information on this message and this ministry, please visit awordfromthelord.org. There you will find today's message and previously aired messages, where you can listen to them again and share them with friends and family. Awordfromthelord.org has audio archives of Foley Beach's one-minute radio feature and much more. So visit awordfromthelord.org for audio, articles, and information about the ministry. You can find A Word from the Lord on Facebook, and be sure to click the Like button to follow our feed on Facebook. You'll want to be sure to visit Foley's blog at bishopfoleybeach.blogspot.com. 
On the blog, you can read the many articles posted by Dr. Beach. Many of these blog entries are excerpts and full articles published in local publications. You can also follow Foley on Twitter. His Twitter address is twitter.com at Foley Beach. If you have any comments or questions about the program, you can contact Dr. Beach by email at foleybeach at a word from the Lord dot org. Again, his email is foleybeach at a word from the Lord dot org. You can contact us by mail. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Our mailing address again is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Whether you send us an email or write to us, we'd love to hear from you. A Word from the Lord is made possible by God's grace through the continued prayers and loving financial support from you. And we thank you for this opportunity to spread the hope of the gospel of Christ through this ministry. Join us again next time for the next broadcast of A Word from the Lord. For Dr. Beach and everyone here at A Word from the Lord, it is our prayer that you would be seeking a word from the Lord.